3: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
4: Pheasant opener this weekend. Fishing. How's it going? Steve Carney. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. Those stories and more. Steve-O, how How you
2: been?
1: It's a great time, Steve. October is rocking. Everything's uh, happening. Um, it's been a great week. It's uh, kind of a bittersweet week, you know. Uh, the deer hunting has been uh, pretty tough. I've I've just not had any opportunities. I'm I'm a little bummed out about that. I last year at this time I was tagged out, already done, and I haven't even got a doe down. So I'm. Uh, little bummed about that. They're just really not moving much. They're moving, you know, in the middle of the night, And but this cold stretch is going to help. It's going to get them on their feet, and the pre-rut should be starting here about the next week. Then the bucks will be on their feet moving around, and things will really improve, but I'll tell you, Steve, fishing is lights out right now. It's uh, You and I have been talking about this for about six weeks, how slow it's been, but this last week, fishing is just fabulous, and Not a lot of people out. I can't believe they put their boats away, you know, this early. I mean, the best fishing is yet to come. But the walleyes, the crappies, they're all very shallow. They're really not on the edge of the weeds. They're actually on the top of the weeds, like six feet of water, almost on every lake I've been on. So use bobbers, hair jigs, anything you can do to get over the top of the weeds, and those fish are there. And and when it's this good now, Steve, it's going to be really good probably the next four weeks.
4: Wow, that that is extraordinary and then the segue begins to the frozen water not long after that so uh, anglers have to be uh super happy after getting through the dog days of the summer and, and some slow weeks that, that that's certainly good news if you're willing to go out they're biting.
1: Well, you know, the water temperature has been steadily dropping and when that happens, you know, the fish just put the bite on and they're just feeding heavily and I'm catching walleyes as well as crappies up in this shallow water, so they're really putting yeah. on the feed bag, and it'll just be, you know, fabulous until ice up, and, you know, last year I was fishing till probably the 10th of November, and it was still really good, but otherwise the duck situation is um, kind of mediocre, I guess is the best way to describe it. I've been out a lot this week, and... You know, the good news is the blue-winged teal are still hanging around, which has really saved the day. A lot of blue-wings, which has been really pretty cool to see. And wood ducks are gone, still kind of waiting for that, you know, migration, as they call it. I call it the mystical migration. You know, redheads, canvasbacks, bluebills, you know, ducks like that just are not quite here yet. So I think that's going to be happening hopefully in the next, you know, 10 days, two weeks we're still waiting, but um, looking forward to that. So the duck duck thing has been pretty tough. Um, pheasants open today. Um, boy, there's a lot of corn up right now. There's a lot of beans. Uh, actually, the beans are really late. Normally they're done a couple of weeks ago, but there's still beans up. There's tons of corn, and the best pheasant hunting is going to be, I'm thinking, a couple of weeks away yet. You know, those birds are in the corn, and, You can walk the best cover adjacent to that, you know, right now, and they're just not there. They're in the corn. So give it a couple of weeks, and that'll improve.
4: All right, about those pheasant uh, numbers, uh, the opener today, the governor down in the Worthington area. uh, your, Your thoughts on the 2022 pheasant season.
1: You know, it's hard to say, Steve. I have not seen a lot of birds on the roadways um, like you normally do. You know, sometimes, you know, they're in the corn and they're not really out and you can't see them. But, you know, I'll know more in a couple of weeks when you get the crops out and then those birds start popping out and you'll see, you know, you'll start to see the numbers. And I know there was a really late hatch. So there's going to be birds with, you know, no coloration or very little. It's going to be tough to kind of determine uh, you know a rooster sometimes and you know short tails and they kind of look like a hen and you know we'll be dealing with that but we'll know in a couple of weeks once the crops are out you know then the birds are exposed to the cover and then we'll kind of know and you know the road counts were up about 18 percent which um, I take that with a grain of salt you still have to get out find them and you know find out for yourself so that's what's wonderful about October, Steve. There's just so many things going on. Um, everything's kind of peaking here probably in the next week, and there's just so much going on. It's just a great month.
4: Yeah, and, uh, you know, as far as pheasant goes, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of years in, in South Dakota, and the sense is is if you, if you can get out early, that's fine, the traditional opener, but sometimes some of the best pheasant hunting comes later in the season when, when, you, when you get into maybe even December in the end of the season.
1: You are 100% correct. You know, a lot of people start out the first couple of weeks, and then they don't hunt anymore, and they, you know, focus on deer and firearms. And yep. But, yeah, and, and this year with the late harvest, you know, late season is going to be great. And a lot of those people kind of drop off, and, you know, that's when, you know, we really get after it. And I think it's going to be um, a really good late season this year. And I tell people, you know, and if you're going to the Dakotas or even western Minnesota, just, you know, go for the obscure areas. Stay away, you know, from the Hurons and the water towns and the places that are, you know, very noted for pheasant hunting because there's a lot of posted land. It's tough to get on. You want to try to get to those really obscure small towns and, you know, get away from the populated areas. And same with Minnesota and you'll do just fine. You might not see the bird numbers that you would see, you know, in those cliche areas, as I call them, but you'll still get your birds, and it's a lot easier to get on and obtain permission. So something to keep in mind.
4: All right, what are the plans for the coming week? It looks like we're going to get off to a chilly start, but warmer weather in late in the week. So what do you got got cooking?
1: You know, Steve, I got to get a deer down here pretty quick. Okay. I'm really running late. I'm getting a little nervous. We've got the uh, youth season and uh, antler list starting on Thursday, which, um, you know, kind of throws a wrench into things for us bow hunters. But um, that's my priority right now. Priority one is to get that deer down, and I'm going to work really hard this week and probably do some mornings as well as evenings and try to make something happen. So, um, got to get that one down. I can feel good about myself.
4: All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. We'll do it again in
1: one week. Sounds great, Steve. Take care.
4: All right, there he is, Steve Carney, Steve Outdoors.com. Quick break. We'll come back. High school football on the spotlight. Another big year for the Elk River Elks. Steve Hamilton, their head coach, will join us in a moment here on News Talk. 830-WCCO.
2: Hey, Mel. Brian here.
4: College football final gets started. We'll have a rundown of all the scores available at 435 following the weather. We'll get game reports from all around the area. Right now, high school football in the spotlight. One of the top teams in 5A, the unbeaten Elk River Elks. And their head coach, Steve Hamilton, joins me on the line right now. Steve, good to visit with you, and congrats and another great start.
6: Yeah, thank you. It's It's been obviously pretty fun so far.
4: Yeah, no doubt, and uh, your team uh, runs the football uh, old school running attack, and you do it well.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but that's you know we're we're pretty talented this year. We've got a lot of guys that have have played um, a lot. I mean, I think we have six guys that are started as sophomores and they're seniors now, so um, we're a really experienced team. And and you know, the really credit goes to them that just. Way that they're getting off the ball and and how hard our backs are running
4: yeah, and when I've had a chance to see your team, whether it's uh in a prep bowl in the playoffs or during the regular season, is that defenses absolutely positively can't take a playoff and th- and that's true in any football game, but particularly against what the elks do night in and night out i on any given play, you got a running back that can go all the way. It's it's extraordinary. Yeah.
6: Well, I mean, it, uh, you know, I think that's probably true with most offenses, right? We don't want defense to take a play off, but yeah, you know, I think one of the things that some years obviously will will still hurt you a little bit. If uh, you take the wrong step or the misread, but you know this year we're we're pretty lucky in terms of the the amount of talent we have in the backfield, and and you know it's kind of similar to 2016 in that we have a lot of backs that that can take it to the distance if there is a mistake.
4: And and Steve, when when it comes to this offense, and and we've talked about it before on, you know what, what you brought in and what you've implemented at Elk River. But it, it's it's got to start with the quarterback making great decisions.
6: Well, it does, um, you know, and I think that's always, you know, even when I first put the offense in a long time ago, uh, that was the one thing is, you know, your quarterback's at least got to be able to stretch the field horizontally because you, everything is condensed. But then if you can, if he can also do it vertically through the passing game at all, it makes it really really tough to cover. And and we're really fortunate this year, and you know, Cade. Osterman is a third year starter for us and and he is he's been, you know, sensational for us in, in, in both aspects.
4: Yeah, what's extraordinary through seven games, thirteen to seventeen through the air, completion percentage just shy of seventy seven percent, three hundred and thirty one yards and seven touchdowns. So uh when needed, Cade can throw it around a little bit, and oh by the way, uh leads your team in yards uh by a little bit over Logan Bunker.
6: Yeah, he's he's really, really, really come on the last few weeks. He's such a gifted athlete, and, and he's really bought into, you know, he can he can just take it and go. He doesn't have to make everyone on the field miss, which was something that I think he liked to do a little too much early on. Now he's, you know, he's, like I said, he has been able to make the plays. He stretches the defense, and, you know, you, you, you put that in with, other really talented backs that makes us pretty dangerous, but you know, any given day you never know. It's still high school football.
4: Yeah, and what what about kate Does he have college plans or are schools looking at him? Has he made a commitment? Yeah. He has not made a commitment.
6: He's got uh you know, most of the d D twos have offered. Uh I really think he's I know, I know he really would love a chance at a D1 school, even a walk on like his dad did, and you know his dad still has receiving records at at Minnesota. So I know Kate is you know holding out hope, and he's he's playing at a level I think that certainly schools should look at him.
4: Yeah, we we mentioned uh, running backs, but uh, the, these running backs and in your quarterback can't do it without with an know, offensive line doing their job, and and I know a lot of pride in that unit as well at Elk River.
6: Well, I mean, that's where it's won and lost. I mean, for us, fundamentally, it's up front on offense and defense. And, and you know, we yes, when you add talent in the backfield to a good line, obviously it gives you a really explosive offense. But I remember when I first came here, somebody asked, well, I think your line will be good, but I don't know about backs. I said, listen, we have a good line. Uh, we're going to be in good shape. And, and this year we're starting – um, well, we were starting seven seniors, and and uh, our center got hurt, and our junior center's come in, and he's doing a really good job. So we're you just really experienced. When you're starting ten seniors, you, you should be pretty good.
4: Steve Hamilton joining us. Uh, he is the Elk River head football coach. He Elks having another great year, and he's joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And uh, the season goes quick. Uh, here you go again. Uh, in a Wednesday night finale, and then it's on to the section playoffs, and, you know, then then it's, you know, uh, winner-go-home time as well, and, and you play in a very difficult section, and, you know, you got St. Francis there, and you got Andover. I had a chance to see the Huskies. You were able to beat them earlier in the season, but uh, you, you've got a very difficult section to ultimately get to the state tournament.
6: Yeah, I think you're looking at three of the, you know, maybe – Top six in QRF in a in our section and obviously Saint Francis undefeated. That's a tough game on very short short rest and we'll have to play that Wednesday and then, you know, you you might face Saint Francis or Andover, you're gonna face probably one of them again. So it's a tough section, tough way to go, but you know, in the bottom line, if if you think you're gonna advance all the way, you gotta beat the good teams eventually.
4: Yeah, and I I talked to uh, a number of coaches, particularly in, in 5A, and 6A gets a lot of the headlines here in the metro area and, and some of the media coverage. But I think, you know, w- once you get into section finals in the state tournament in 5A, uh, awfully good football.
6: <laughs> really good football. Um, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, again, Andover is a super talented team. Um, St. Francis sitting there at seven zero. They are playing so well, you know. And you know, Rogers isn't in our section, but they're in our district too. So if you you, know, you look at our district, it's probably one of the top football ones in the state. Also, it's just the football in five A is really good, and in our area, it's it's exceptional.
4: Yeah, and then you got Mankato, Wisconsin, Chaska, and Janie Hansen, and, Jan and uh, Wakulla, <laughs> and the list goes goes on and on as well. Uh, going and forward into, the, yeah, yeah, that, that that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, the the list certainly goes on. Um, a, as you prepare and and going forward with with this short week, do do you change thing anything at all, or or do you keep the same routine where 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 you meet, you practice, and you just keep it rolling.
6: Well, yeah, I mean, I I never bring the kids in on weekends, so I think it's important that they can still be kids and enjoy their time, and so it gives us, you know, just Monday and Tuesday practice, so obviously it's really condensed, and I always think this Wednesday game is really tough on the defense because you're just, you're so limited in the number of reps that you can get, Um, you know, so oftentimes I think you see a lot of high-scoring games.
4: Well, Steve, good to visit with you, and certainly fun to watch your team play, and off to another great start, uh, and uh, second season gets going pretty quickly. Uh, the the finale on Wednesday or Thursday, depending on uh, where you are in the state of Minnesota, MEA week, and the regular season winding down, but uh, ha- have a good one. Thanks again for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, there you is, Steve Hamilton, uh, head coach of the Elk River Elks, and uh it, Once again, the way they run the football is just a thing of beauty with all the bags in the backfield. And it's really difficult to call their games. And and I've had a chance to to call Elk River football in the past. I I don't do them week in and week out. But it's, it's very difficult, even with binoculars trained on the backfield, to figure out, who has the football so so imagine the opposing defense but uh, they uh, they load it up in the backfield and you are never really sure who has the football but if you look at that stat sheet and and the amount of balance in the ball and the uh number of players that uh, touch the football in any given game it it is certainly Fun to watch and a throwback. 428 here at News Talk, E3O, WCCO. When we come back, we'll have an update on the weather. We'll get you up to date on the uh, college football scoreboard. Uh, Top 25 in Big Ten. Jonathan Lowe is aboard to handle that for us today. We will tell you Minnesota got beat at Illinois. We'll have more on that. And more importantly, Tanner Morgan got hurt in that football game. Northern Sun, M I A C. WIC scores and game reports all coming between now and 6 o'clock here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We're going to get rolling on college football final. Jonathan Lowe is standing by with the Big Ten and the Top 25 scoreboard. But I'm going to get started with scores closer to home. A sneak peek at the Big Ten. Minnesota loses on the road to Illinois. 26-14 Tanner Morgan injured. Gophers have dropped two in a row. In the Big Ten, they're now one and two, four and two overall. Illinois became bowl eligible. They moved to six and one, three and one in the Big Ten, and right now look like the team to beat in the Big Ten West. All right, closer to home in the Northern Sun this afternoon. Here are the finals. Number twenty-four, Augustana, holds off Wayne State in Sioux Falls, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Hope to get a game report on that one. UMD wins big at Concordia Saint Paul. Fifty-three to seven. Once again, we hope to get a game report there. Sioux Falls got a scare early, but comes back to win over Marion Bismarck, forty-one to twenty-seven. The Cougars remain unbeaten. Minnesota State beat Upper Iowa in Mankato, forty-three to twenty today. Bemidji State, the road trip to MSU more ahead. Beavers win forty-six-seven. Northern State leading late at Minot State. 38-3, to and it was Winona State winning big in Marshall over Southwest Minnesota State, 43-7. to uh, We should be getting a game report on that one as well. Uh, hopefully, Kelly Loft will find time uh, to give us a call on that one from Marshall. Let's get over to the MIAC today, and all the games have gone final on this Saturday in October and let's get going right at the top. It was Gustavus winning at Hamlin, 44-7. to The Guzties having a good year. St. John's wins at St. Olaf, 49-10. It was Carlton rolling over St. Scholastica, 56-20. The Knights having a terrific year. Augsburg winning on the road at McAllister, 42-21. And it was Bethel. Uh, beating Concordia 45 to seven. We'll get a game report a little bit later on from Austin Legess over in Arden Hills at Bethel in the WIAC. One game is final. UW Lacrosse one at Eau Claire 51 to 21. Meanwhile, Stout is at Stevens Point today. We'll see if we can get a uh, score on that one. Meanwhile, River Falls at Platteville today, and uh, River Falls having a nice year. Tough game on the road. They get beat by Platteville, 21-14. Uh meanwhile, it uh is a final now. Fifty-five-zero. Stout over Stevens Point. How about that? That that is a surprise. A Stout moves to three and two on the year. Stevens Point falls to one and four. There was game a game on Friday, and that was UW Whitewater beating Oshkosh at Whitewater. 17-3. So you're up to date on the score. But once again, ton of game reports coming up. Now for the Big Ten and the Top 25, we bring in Jonathan Lowe here on News Talk. E3O WCCO.
7: Thank you very much, Mr. Thompson. A wonderful day to be with you again. And I know this week has been very confusing weather-wise. We've had some summer We've had some snow. We've had a lot of different things been shot at at us this week as far as Mother Nature is concerned. But don't be fooled, everybody. Do not be fooled. This is just another one of those Saturdays in the fall. Y'all, college football here, there, and everywhere. A huge day across the big Division I landscape of college football. We start in the Big Ten. We get it rolling in the Big Ten. They are just kicking off in the second half in Bloomington, Indiana, trying to get above 500. Maryland trying to get to 5 and 2 on the season. The, the Hoosiers lead the Terps 17 to 14. It's at the half in East Lansing, and Wisconsin is trying to continue their rebound. They lead Michigan State 14 to 7. Finals from earlier today, as Steve mentioned, number 24 Illinois. They got 180 rushing yards from Chase Brown. They defeat the Gophers. 26 to 14 Minnesota has dropped their second straight game after losing to Purdue 2 weeks ago and Illinois is as Steve said bowl eligible at 6 and 1. The big game of the day in the Big 10 was in Ann Arbor. Number 5 Michigan, number 10 Penn State. It was a tight tussle through the first half but Michigan wore down that Penn State defense and pulled away in the second half. The Wolverines now 7 and 0 on the season after a 41 to 17 win Penn State Hopes to lick their wounds because next week they host Goldie Gopher on ABC. That's right, the national the national audience gets to see the Gophers play next week. Not the best environment, but it's a national game. Uh, Coming up later on this evening, it'll be Nebraska hosting Purdue, another Big Ten West battle. Purdue trying to stay in that same line of sight of as Illinois trying to stay uh 4 and 2 get to 5 and 2 on the season Nebraska continuing to try to get back above 500 to the top 25 scoreboard and we have two that's right two games featuring undefeated teams battling each other right now at the half on rocky top it is number 6 Tennessee that offense is looking dang good they are leading number 3 Alabama 28 to 20 in Fort Worth, Texas. It is number 13 TCU with the ball. They've just kicked off in the second half and it, it I'm sorry, Oklahoma State has the ball and they are driving trying to go up even further. The uh, Cowboys leading TCU 24 to 13 and again Oklahoma State has the ball inside of TCU's 15-yard line. They just got sacked. Looks like they may go for a kick to go up two touchdowns once again. Also, another ranked matchup, number 18 Syracuse, number 15 NC State from the Carrier Dome. Now the JMA Wireless Dome in Syracuse. I don't know what that means, but anyway. Uh No, no. No. Uh, <laughs> it's always going to
4: be the Carrier Dome. I am not playing this game anymore. I
7: uh, I know it's so it's uh, you can't
4: You can't keep track. You can't of you
7: can't all the naming rights and all this stuff from the dome in Syracuse. We'll just keep it like that. Uh right now Syracuse driving and they have uh, apparently just scored an end update from the dome. Uh Syracuse extends their lead over NC State trying to get to 6-0 on the season and the orange up uh 16 to 6 extra point pending. That is late in the third quarter. Number 1 Georgia having no trouble at home against Vanderbilt today. Early in the third it is 31 nothing Bulldogs. Number 25 Number 25, get this right. James Madison Their first year in the Bowl subdivision, they are 5 0 and number 25 in the country at the half. They lead Georgia Southern, a.k.a. the team that broke Scott Frost's job. Uh, 17 14 is the score in Statesboro. And if James Madison gets through this, guess what they take on next week? Marshall, the team that won at Notre Dame earlier this year. What a two game stretch for JMU. Number nine. Ole Miss early today gets to seven and zero on the season. They defeat Auburn forty eight to thirty four. It was number twenty two Texas outlasting Iowa State twenty four to twenty one. Number nineteen Kansas falls in a shootout in Norman. Oklahoma wins, ends their three game losing streak fifty two to forty two. The final Oklahoma now four and three on the season. Number four uh, later tonight. Number four Clemson will be on the road taking on Florida State. It'll be number sixteen Mississippi State. At number twenty-two Kentucky and number seven USC will be on the road in the in the Great Salt Lake area to take on number twenty Utah. So a big day across college football with a lot of ranked teams, a lot of good matchups. In these uh, matchups, we go to FCS, another big matchup. This one at the Fargo Dome. Number one in FCS, North Dakota State. Number three in FCS, South Dakota State. It is late in the third quarter, and the Jackrabbits are pulling a comeback. They were down 21 7 at the half. The South Dakota State has scored 10 points in the third quarter to close the gap. It is 21-17, again, late in the third quarter. South Dakota trying to get their second win on the year. It is early in the fourth. They are trailing to Illinois State 12-10. Northern Iowa at home in the first quarter, about midway through the first quarter, they're looking for their third win on the season. They lead Utah Tech 7 to nothing and end the ranks of the Pioneer League, it's St. Thomas getting the 5-1 and one on the season and keeping Drake winless. The Tommies win at home 26-14 to 14 over the Bulldogs. And again, uh, Glenn Caruso looking good in year two in Division I in FCS where they have uh, jumped to the top of the Pioneer standings. They are at all alone now. Valparaiso was undefeated in the Pioneer League, but they lost to Butler today. So St. Thomas, the only undefeated team, I believe, left in the Pioneer League and leading atop that division. That's a, that's a pretty good record, Steve.
4: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Glenn can coach St. Thomas, a great school, and I, I think it's one of those where they're still playing teams where it's like Davidson. Uh, not Not sure about that, but I would think, and I'm just speculating out loud, that the goal ultimately for St. Thomas is to be a part of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I, I really believe that. I think it's that, logical.
7: It's a logical yeah. step.
4: Now, they they would need a facility with all due respect to O'Shaughnessy Stadium. Probably can't play there uh, going forward. It doesn't seem like Allianz Field is an option because they're not going to want uh, their uh, pitch chewed up five or six times a year. I know the Tommies and Johnnies played there once, but that was a one-time deal, and, and I'm not sure they would be keen to uh, having – Five or six college football games a year there, so I don't think that works out. But but I would think ultimately uh, for St. Thomas, they play in the Summit in those other sports with those schools. I, I think at some point the goal ultimately has to be able to get to the Missouri Valley Football Conference, I, I would think. I, I have no idea, have no inside info on that, but uh, there's no doubt Glenn and his staff can certainly coach, and they're getting a lot of players uh, to go over to St. Paul to play for the Tommies. Well, one so other thing,
7: uh, you'd have to look into uh, the potential for scholarships as well. That's that's going to be a big thing because I believe the Missouri Valley is a scholarship-driven conference, so uh, that would be yep. another th- sticking point that they'd have to work through.
4: Yeah, but but at this point in time, playing at the Summit, you know, for instance, men's and women's hoops, uh, so on and so forth, scholarships are in play already. So I I, I think it is a big step when particularly football and the size of the rosters. But uh, St. Thomas has the money. I mean, <laughs> there, there's no question they have the money. But I think they need to get uh, their hockey arena online. They need, to, they need to get some of their facilities online. And then ultimately think about where they would play home football games uh, going forward. You know, would it be a stretch that the Tommies go over and, and play football games at U.S. Bank Stadium? I mean, the color scheme works. Uh, at U.S. Bank
7: Stadium. Uh, hey, yellow, the color, this color scheme working could be a big plus. You never, yeah, you the, don't col- wa- the color
4: scheme You works. don't
7: want to uh, <laughs> diminish that.
4: Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back and get into some game reports. Uh, we'll, we'll start in the MIAC. Austin Leges, uh phoned one in earlier. We're going to play that for you. Bethel, a big win over Concordia today. Uh, we'll have another rundown of the regional scoreboard. Here on News Talk, E3-O-WCCO. College football final underway. Kerry Clatter, producer Jonathan Lowe, handling the scoreboard. Big Ten, top 25. Number 24, Illinois, beat Minnesota 26-14. Tanner Morgan injured. Gophers have dropped two in a row in the Big Ten. Four and two overall, one and two in league play. Illinois bowl eligible. How about that? Six and one, three and one in the Big Ten. And right now, uh, the team to beat in the Big Ten one is Brett Bielema doing a pretty good job in Champaign. All right, let's get to the game reports, Northern Sun. Kelly Loft, uh, a rare day game, Winona State at Southwest Minnesota State, Marshall. Kelly, good to visit with you again.
8: Hey, Steve, good to be back with you. I appreciate you doing the show again uh, today. And, yes, our first afternoon game here in Marshall, and uh, things did not go very well for the Southwest Minnesota State Mustangs as Winona State, Scored 43 unanswered points in the final three quarters to win 43-7. to Game started out great for the Mustangs as true freshman quarterback Marcus Martin, uh, the third-string quarterback for SMSU, his first ever game. He led the Mustangs on an impressive 68-yard uh, drive over seven plays, capped by a 30-yard touchdown pass. Martin to Peter Osman. Osmond from Rochester, Minnesota. That gave the Mustangs... A 7 nothing lead, but after that, it was all Winona State, and they did most of it, Steve, on special teams. An impressive 62-yard punt return by Winona State's Aaron Lacey snapped a 7-7 game midway through the second quarter. That 62-yard punt return made the score 14-7. And then moments later, a high snap on a Mustang punt led to a safety for the Warriors. And then on the free kick by Southwest, it was a short kick that went just to the 34-yard line And a couple of plays later, the Warriors scored to make a 23-7 lead and would build a 26-7 lead at halftime. The Warriors then would score on a blocked punt for a touchdown early in the fourth quarter to make the score 36-7 and then scored late to make it 43-7. So a special day for the Warriors' special teams, leading to nearly 23 points uh, on special teams as the Warriors won by a score of 43-7. Mustangs are leading rusher. Uh, Jesse Sherwood, the Minneapolis native and Robinsdale Cooper, or I'm sorry, Armstrong uh, graduate, led the Mustangs rushing for 78 yards on 20 carries. He led the NSIC in rushing over the first uh, four weeks, then missed a couple of weeks by injury, but came back today and had 78 yards rushing as I mentioned on 20 attempts. The Warriors, with the victory, they are now five and two overall and two and zero in the NSIC South, while the Mustangs drop their second in a row. And they're 4-3 overall and 1-2 and two in the NSIC South under first-year head coach Scott Underwood. Again, the final, Winona State, 43, Southwest Minnesota State, 7.
4: All right, very good. Kelly, good to visit with you as always.
8: I appreciate uh, all the support by CCO. Thanks, Steve.
4: Yep, there he is, Kelly Loft, once again, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline with a game report here on College Football Finals. Speaking of the Northern Sun, Wayne State at Augustana in Sioux Falls today, and uh, Wayne State gave the Vikings all they wanted, Jeff Filling. Well, they did,
2: and isn't Kelly Loft a nice guy?
4: He really is.
2: really. He is. really is, and a great sports information director. Uh, Augustana scored with nine seconds to go on a 20-yard pass from Casey Bauman, who returned from his shoulder injury to quarterback today for 230 yards. He was 21 out of 32. It was a 20-yard pass to Logan Utech. The extra point was good. Made it 31-27. The Vikings had led the game the whole way until Wayne scored with eight minutes to go on a Nick Bowen one-yard run. Bowen, uh, an outstanding quarterback, also threw for 230 yards today. The Vikings made it 17-6 with under a minute to go in the first half on a Jack Fisher, who's from Rochester, Minnesota, touchdown catch from Bauman. And it looked like they were going to go up 11, but Wayne got the ball back, moved down, got a 15-yard penalty against the Vikings and kicked a field goal to make it 17-9. Augustana would respond to start the second half with a 80-yard touchdown drive to make it 24-9, but then Wayne would score the next 18 points to take the lead, Augustana got a stop on third and two to force Wayne State to punt. Ball went out of bounds at the 18-yard line, and the Vikings went 82 yards in under two minutes to win it with nine seconds to go to move to five and one, and, uh, or six and one, I beg your pardon. Wayne, just their second loss of the year, is now five and two. It was really a big game for both teams uh that both have playoff aspirations and Augustana gets the win in the last 9 seconds of the game. Wow, sounds like a good one and another big one for the Vikings
4: in Sioux Falls with Minnesota State coming to town next Saturday, Jeff. Hopefully we can visit with you then.
2: Yeah, it's a tough end of the year schedule here for the Vikings. They play MSU next week followed by at Winona, then home against Duluth before they close out the season at Southwest, so it's not easy.
4: Yeah, it'll be a tough uh,
2: road to the playoffs. There he is,
4: Jeff Filling, longtime voice, the Augustana Vikings, joining us here in News Talk 830-WCCO, other finals in the Northern Sun. Uh, It was uh, Sioux Falls beating Mary. That game has gone final in Bismarck. Uh, Today, Sioux Falls wins 41-27. They did get a scare up there. They remain unbeaten. It was Minnesota State over Upper Iowa, 43-20. UMD beat Concordia-St. Paul, 53-7. Bemidji, a big win at MSU Moorhead, 46-7. Hope to get a game report on that one with Kevin Reed, uh, who's calling the Beaver Games, a former producer here. And right now, uh, the radio engineer for the Baltimore Orioles radio network, and then comes back to do football in the fall. Northern State uh, beat Minot State. Uh, the final there 38 10. It was 38 3 late. Minot State gets a score late. Winona State beat Southwest Minnesota State 43 7. Real quickly, out of the MIAC, St. John's wins at Santa. 49 to 10, Augsburg over McAllister, 42 21 in Saint Paul, Carlton beat Saint Scholastica 56 to 20. Knights having a great year. Bethel rolls over Concordia, 45 to seven. We'll get a game report on that one following the news and weather. And Gustavus beat Hamlin, 45 7. We'll have WIAC scores as well following the news and weather. Weather this hour brought to you by Arrow Drapery and Blind. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO.